when we last we met, we talked about how to deal with your anger. And interestingly enough, during that story, the lady, perhaps I use that a little loosely, the woman you came across was dishonest, to say the very least. Quite Just dishonest. outright lying to yes. you. That If you haven't heard that episode, you need to go back and listen to that episode. It's from the month of February, and it's called Anger Danger. But it's a great story about a lady who, a woman who does not do well with her anger and apparently doesn't do so well with honesty, which I understand police deal a lot with people who are dishonest. It does come with the job. It's really part of it. Why do people lie to police all the time? You know, we're used to it. And of course, we like to think of ourselves as lie detectors, human lie detectors. It's (laughs) sometimes easy to spot in some, tougher in others. And their motivation can be anything from trying to not get in trouble to maybe covering for somebody else. There's different motivators that make them lie, but generally we get pretty good at picking up at that deception. Of all the stories, and I'm sure you've got a whole catalog of them in your mind, what's one that sticks out to you where somebody was less than honest and it was pretty obvious that they weren't being honest with you and possibly even with others? Well, there certainly are a lot. One that comes to mind that you have to really wonder what the motivation truly was or if it was worth it was a situation we had a couple years ago. I was still a sergeant and we dealt with an individual who had met somebody online. He was from another town within a couple hours of ours, comes into town and goes on essentially a two or three day binge. We deal with him on night number one. He's severely intoxicated, causing a little bit of a scene and so we drive him back to the hotel. He's very compliant with us. Now, when we get there, the clerk is a little uneasy because, first of all, the gentleman is intoxicated. Secondly, he's got a fairly large knife. And so he just That's says... It's always a bad combination. It, it could be a recipe for disaster. Right. It was right. enough to make the clerk uneasy. And this gentleman was being very compliant, even though he was very intoxicated. He was being very compliant. He'd been belligerent with some other citizens, but was fine with us. So he agrees... I'll just let you guys take the knife. And I said, that's fine. That's a great solution. You can come get it from us tomorrow. And here's my business card. Just let them know. Here's the report number on the back that we have taken this for safekeeping. We don't hear from him for a little while, but the next evening, one of our officers deals with this same person, but this time he's driving. Oh, okay. And he's still intoxicated. He's still. (laughs) So he's arrested for OVI. Sure. And he's put in jail. I don't find out until day three that he had another run in with some people. This time, of course, this is in between our, our first time meeting and the second time when he was arrested for the OVI. And remember, I gave him a business card with yes. my name on it. Oh, boy. Okay. And what this person decided to do was essentially use that as identification. And passed himself off as me. Oh, my. So I'm sitting in a training class, and I get a phone call from one of our detectives. And she says, who did you make mad at Taco Bell? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Weird weird question. (laughs) Weird question. I couldn't remember the last time I'd been to Taco Bell. Right. That's right. I said, what are you talking about? She said, well, I went to take my son through the drive-thru, and they started asking questions about you. and, And they said does he drive such and such kind of a truck? And she didn't want to give up any information about me. And she said, what's going on? 
Right. And so they explained that this person came through, gave the vehicle description and showed this card, said he was me and demanded free burritos. Oh, free burritos. Free burritos. That, and well, typically that's, that's probably what you learned at the academy. When you're going to go, <laughs> this is, you're going to serve, you're going to protect. And by the way, free burritos. free burritos for your troubles. <laughs> well, they tell you just the opposite actually that right, we don't take right. gratuities exactly this guy was pretty bold he says give me some free burritos and they said we don't want any trouble with the police here's your free burritos right exactly but they knew this detective she frequented taco bell is one of her son's favorite places to eat i think and so they said hey while we have you here what's the deal with this sure so as i'm putting this together thinking of this vehicle description and so forth I got a pretty good idea who this is that has my business card that I've recently given a business card to this person and they're going to use it. What I discover is he has also gone to a couple gas stations where they serve these sandwiches and tried to get food from them saying, here I am, this police officer, here's my card. Because business cards are so official. They are very official looking, I guess. During the time of budget cuts, you can't afford a badge for each officer. Here's a business card. Sure, exactly. Thank you, Staples. So this episode brought to you by Taco Bell and Staples. <laughs> so he had tried to get free food from local businesses, passed himself off as me, but then ends up getting arrested for an unrelated OVI. And we have an officer go out, talk to him at the jail while I'm in his training class and writes him some summons for the offense. And he ends up with additional jail time for the free burritos. You got to ask the question, was it worth it? Free burritos, a little bit of jail time. How good were those burritos? We all get that hankering for Taco Bell at some point. At some point. And somebody out there listening is going to go to Taco Bell tonight. They will. They will. And you can pretend you're better than going to Taco Bell, that that you're above that. But (laughs) we all break down at some point and go to Taco Bell. And this guy just had that hankering. But the cost was, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be dishonest. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to lie. And I'll get my free burritos. Right. And, of course, he ends up with some jail time hanging over his head. Exactly. His trip to our city became very expensive very because he had a number of run-ins. Cheaper just to buy the burritos. Just to buy and be honest. There you go. Yeah. Well, some jail time for free burritos, impersonating an officer, that was his comeuppance. And comeuppance okay. is our word of the month. Great tie-in. Thanks to you who <laughs> sent that in. And, hey, right after this, you're going to hear a little more about dishonesty. From the preacher and the policeman, my name is LJ, I'm the preacher. And I'm Andy, I'm the policeman. If you're just tuning in, welcome to The Preacher and the Policeman. We are talking today about honesty. It's still the best policy. And just heard an awesome story about somebody who got some free burritos in exchange for some jail time. Not exactly the best trait, but dishonesty. Dishonesty is nothing new, though, not in our day. It goes all the way back to the beginning. Cain, all the way back in Genesis, lied about killing Abel. God says, Cain, where's your brother? And Abel says, or, or I'm sorry, where's your brother? And Cain says, uh, I don't know. Am I responsible for my brother? Mm-hmm. So something like that, that doesn't sound like it's dishonest. He didn't just come right out right and say, I didn't kill him. But d- dishonesty is more about deception yes. than it is just about outright lying. Yes. And there's a story later in Genesis where a king asks Abraham, hey, who's that pretty lady with you? And Abraham says, oh, that's my sister. Right. Well, interestingly enough, she was his sister, his half-sister. Technically speaking. Had one 
parent the same, but one parent differently. So technically, she was his sister. But the question was not, is this lady your sister or your aunt? <laughs> the question was, is this woman taken? That's basically what that king was asking. And so by telling him that she's my sister, he was being deceptive. That's the whole point of dishonesty. Anytime we try to pass off something as truth when it's really not. And the story that I think of the most in the Bible is the story of Ananias and Sapphira. That's in the New Testament. Classic, Book of yes. Acts, oh yeah. yeah. Churches having revival, baptism water splashing everywhere, great moves of God. And all of a sudden, one of the people in that first century church gave a large portion of money to the church. I think it was James. And Ananias, one of the guys in the church, probably noticed that James getting a lot of pats on the back, maybe even a plaque on the wall with his name on it. And he's like, you know, I like that. So they sold a piece of property that belonged to them. He and his wife, Sapphira, came to Simon Peter, who was the, the preacher at that time, and said, hey, Pete, guess what? We sold that piece of land you know we had. We sold it. Here's how much we sold it for. And we're going to give it to the church. Well, the truth is they did sell it, but they didn't sell it for that little. They sold it for more. They pocketed the rest. Now, the issue here is not generosity. The issue here is honesty. God didn't care that they sold it for 5000 or 50000 It's not a money thing. It was an honesty thing. And he felt comfortable enough lying to Simon Peter, who was the man of God, and telling him that, yeah, that's how much we sold it for. But Peter knew. Holy Ghost spoke to Peter and told him, uh-uh. <laughs> Either Ananias don't know math <laughs> or Ananias don't know honesty. And interestingly enough, and this is one of those stories that people scratch their heads and people shake their heads, really, in the New Testament. Ananias fell down dead right away. Now that's, that's a strong penalty. Very strong. For dishonesty. Now, preacher, do you think that there are people today who see sometimes an omission of some truth or giving parts of truth? Maybe that isn't in their minds a lie. Are they really deceiving themselves, though? If you don't just come right out right and lie, but you withhold information that's crucial to what that person is either asking or what you're sharing, then yeah, that's dishonest because it's deceptive. And the Bible speaks about the people of God. If you want to be a follower of Jesus and be righteous and be honorable in his sight, the Bible talks about people in whom there is no deceit. I, when I think of those kind of lies, those lies by omission, mm -hmm. I think of, let's say, somebody... The officer walks up to the window and says, hey, you know, you're driving a little fast back there. And you say, I was only driving 45. Well, you know on the stretch where he tagged you, you were going 65. Mm -hmm. But 10 miles back, you were going 45. Mm. So technically, you were being truthful. But technically, you were being deceitful. And truthful and deceitful, they just don't go together. And even when you're misleading, of course, in law enforcement, we call that obstruction. Okay. Because you may give some information that's truthful, right. but at the same time, your motive is to mislead or divert. Yes, misleading. I think about it. There's a story about a billboard. I think it was Mississippi or Alabama, something like that. But it was right at the state line, and it read something like, last gas station, this was years ago, last gas station for 22 cents or whatever for you know 23 miles or whatever. And so in their mind, they're trying to tell you, hey, if you want to get cheap gasoline, you need to stop here. But what they're not telling you is across the state line, it's even cheaper. Ah, we just leave a so little bit out. Little, yeah. little misleading marketing <laughs> right. right there. To sure, try to, sure. And it, it, it did make them some money. But dishonesty is all about, I believe it's all about deception. And 
Later in that very self-same story, Sapphira, Ananias' wife, she's home probably waiting for her husband to get home and tell her where they're going to put the plaque on the wall for the money they gave. And he doesn't show, so she goes to the church and she looks at Simon Peter in the eye. And Simon Peter asked the question, hey, I heard you guys sold some property. Did you sell it for this much? And she said, yes, sir. We, that's exactly how much we sold it for. And Simon Peter says, lady, you lied just like your husband did. And the same people who carried him out will carry you out. And she fell mm. down dead. Right. Now, this is not a story in the New Testament to try to scare everybody into thinking as soon, if you tell a lie, boom, that's over. It's mm. curtains. But it is a story to teach us that God was more interested in his church being holy than it was being huge. Because mm -hmm. the church was really just taken right. off. Right. But God was not going to allow his holy church to be dishonest because then it ceases to be holy. So I think about these different ways people are dishonest. Like you mentioned, the half-truth. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's the outright lie. Sure. There's the, right. my name is Andy Burns. Give me burritos. That's just an outright <laughs> lie. There are those half-truths where people withhold information. This one's tough, I think. Mm -hmm. There are white lies. And by that I mean, did my song sound good? How do you answer that if the answer is no? Maybe sometimes we especially divert. We might say something to draw their attention away from that because we don't want to face that truth because we know it'll hurt them. Right. But we ask ourselves at the same time, if I'm going to say something, is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? Right. And we hope that we have the Holy Spirit guiding us as we give those answers. Yes. But is there ever a time where somebody may divert or try to maybe mislead and they may have the best of intentions? Do you think that there are oftentimes people try to justify that and say, it's better for me to just not be honest about this with this person. That's a tough one. Mm -hmm. Because if there is deceit, I think about if that person finds out later what you really thought or how you really felt, mm -hmm. then they feel like, first off, your compliment was disingenuous, and secondly, you were just being deceitful. So then the question is, well, what else were you deceitful about? So I do like the commercial where... Somebody asks, does this look good on me? And the guy just shoves a Snickers bar in his mouth or a Twix bar in his mouth and just kind of saves the, the day there. Right. If somebody asks the question, did it sound good or what did you think? And, I, and from time to time, because of my role as a pastor, people will send me either a song that they have written or something like that. Hey, what did you think? And if I were to just outright lie to them, I would flatter them and say, wow, that's the best song I've ever heard. Sure. That cheapens whenever really do have a compliment for them. They can't trust that one, so maybe they can't trust this one. So we have to be very careful not to flatter to the point of exaggeration, and what we say can't be trusted. So I usually say things like, I've never heard a song like that before, which is an absolute true statement. That is wisdom. <laughs> I've never heard a song like that before. That, that's I, the Holy Spirit giving you the wisdom you need. When I was serving as a youth president of Ohio, I would go to a youth camp and typically would follow my lot to judge a talent show. And so you have junior higher up there and they're singing or they're doing a magic trick or something like that. And it was kind of like an America's Got Talent type format where you have judges at the table and the student performs the act and then they come to the oh, judges, what you think? And there were some of those I had to say, you know, I've, I've never heard that sung like that before. Or 
it, you know, it takes a lot of courage to get up there and do what you did. So good for you. Keep practicing. Very Something good. like that. You don't want to crush them. I mean, that's not very kind to do that at all. So I think something similar, something like that, just couching those words in kind ways without just coming outright and saying, you're terrible, because that's not kind. Sure. Or you're awesome, because that may not even be true. Just something like that where, eh, never heard that song sung like that before. Good for you for having the courage. That's a great way to get around <laughs> that. <laughs> now, and when I think about those children and a talent show, one of the things I do think about is one of the most damaging parts of deception is the collateral damage of family, namely of children. I saw this when I was growing up, whether it was people's houses I went to or just heard the stories where somebody would call the landline. And I would hear the dad say to the child, tell him I'm not here. Mm. Kid picks up the phone. Hey, is your dad there? No, he's not here right now. Oh, okay, well, have him call me. The problem is the child knows straight up dad's here. But dad said he's not here. So dad lied. Now, dad may have later told the kid, you know, I'm not supposed to do that. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry, but I doubt it. Real problem is a child has a hard time parsing in their mind what would be considered an innocent little lie. Well, not telling dad's here is not a big deal versus what could be a big lie. Mm. Were you drinking? No, I wasn't drinking. Where'd you learn a lie like that? Learned it by watching my dad. That's a great point. There's a story, the same family, this is one generation away, Abraham and Sarah had a son named Isaac. Isaac had a wife named Rebecca. Similar setting, similar situation. Mm -hmm. They go down to a place, King looks over at Rebecca, she's beautiful, and says to Isaac, you know, who's that? She's pretty, what's her name? Her name's Rebecca, she's my sister. Now, technically, Abraham and Sarah were half-sister and half-brother, mm -hmm. but Isaac and Rebecca were not. They were husband and wife only. So Isaac thought it was okay to lie, because dad thought it was okay to lie. And Isaac probably didn't parse in his own mind that they are half-sisters, so technically it's a truth, but it's a lie. That was just outright deception sure. by Isaac. So moms and dads, please be so careful to be honest. If you go to the store and you run a cart into somebody else's car, but I think part of honesty is leaving a card on the windshield or whatever, to let them know, hey, accidentally ran the card into your car. Definitely. Otherwise, you're telling your kid it's okay to be dishonest. And by, by that, I mean it's okay to just say, I didn't do it. Didn't happen to me, so I'm out of here. It would be more expensive to pay with your credibility and integrity than it would be just to pay the premium or the increase in your insurance premium. That's a great point. There's going to be some cost because you're going to have to pay that deductible. You're going to, have to pay for the damage. Sure. There's going to be some cost incurred, but the cost of your integrity and your character witness. Exactly. We can't put a price on that, can we? No, that's invaluable. And I don't want my girls to look at me and say, Dad said it was okay to just be deceptive or to lie. Therefore, it's okay for me. Because typically what one generation, I've heard this said before, what one generation will tolerate, the next generation will embrace. Mm -hmm. And I would even further say what one generation will embrace, the next will champion. So it, you're only two generations away from believing lying and dishonesty is a way of life. Right. So if we nip that at our generation with our children and our families, we can prove that honesty really is the best policy. Now before we close, let me mention one interesting scenario that I did not consider. I was teaching through the Ten Commandments, and of course, one of them is do not lie. Don't bear false witness. When I finished teaching, somebody raised their hand and said, what about somebody with Alzheimer's? And here's the scenario they brought up. I said, my mother 
her mother died decades earlier. But my mother had developed Alzheimer's and the dementia that went with it. And so one day she asked the question, hey, can we go see mom? And when she did, they said, oh, honey, I'm sorry, your mom died. Mm. And she grieved all over again, as if this was the first time she had heard her mother had died. So she had gone through this grieving process that she had already gone through years ago. But minutes later, she asked the question, hey, can we go see mom? Because dementia had eroded her short-term memory. Sure. And she didn't remember that her mom died. So, of course, they replied again, oh, honey, I'm sorry, your mom died. And she grieved again. So what they ended up doing, and I thought this was wisdom, they ended up telling her, oh, sweetie, I'm sorry, we can't see your mom today. And that was it. Wow. It was honorable, and they didn't tell her her mom was alive, and yeah, we'll go see her in a minute. Neither did they tell her, oh, honey, your mom died, and caused her to grieve again. So I was able to walk that very fine tightrope between dishonesty and just outright torture mentally and emotionally for her. And those are unique situations, that would but be those tough. are not the norms. The, you're right. You're right. And I would say maybe the same would you think for a parent who has to navigate those kind of questions from a child, maybe you have a parent that is not necessarily ideal at that time and you have a child asking as a parent, you might have to navigate very wisely through that and say, here's an answer that's truthful without trying to cover for somebody, deceive somebody, yes. especially your own child, because they're going to see those kind of things. They're going to recognize that there's, there's some issues there. And mom was never honest or dad was never honest when I'd ask these tough questions because they were trying to protect me. So maybe sometimes we try to innocently shield people. But as you said earlier, truth is really the best policy. It really is. Yeah. So let's be honest, even if it costs it will cost so much more. Could even cost a night in jail just for a couple burritos. So let's remember, honesty is still the best policy. Hey, thanks for tuning in to The Preacher and the Policeman. I hope this episode, hope you've enjoyed it. Share it with your friends. Tell them all about the podcast. Next month, we're going to go into April, and we're going to go into Easter. And so next month, Lieutenant Burns and I are going to be sharing some wonderful truth and facts about the resurrection, and I'm really looking forward to that. It'll be fun. Thanks for tuning in. I'm LJ. I'm the preacher. And I'm Andy. I'm the policeman. Be blessed. And be safe.